Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And Lindsay, today we are going to a seriously haunted cemetery. Awesome. I don't think we've actually done an episode on just a cemetery before. We talked about the Yazoo Witch in yeah. Mississippi, and that was kind of, I mean, there was a lot to that story, but it was surrounding a cemetery to some degree, right? But this place has some really interesting stories that, I mean, you know, you think about a cemetery, so many people are buried there. There's got to be just so much history and, and things. So I've cut it down a little bit, and I'm going to highlight some really specific things, but I really really think you're gonna like this episode this is your haunted holiday at the highland lawn cemetery in terry Haute, indiana Like I said, Lindsay, I mean, you think about a cemetery, this is a particularly large cemetery, by the way. It was opened in 1884. It has 139 acres. Approximately 70,000 bodies are buried here. Whoa. So, I mean, there's a lot to choose from in terms of stories that I could tell about this place. And it is considered one of the most haunted cemeteries, which is saying something. But I mean, I picked this episode because it really does have some sad yet really interesting things that have happened around it that I think are gonna make this episode a little bit unique. So I am gonna start telling you about some of the individuals that may have been buried here and then I'll get into the ghost stories in the next segment like we do. So pay attention so that you can follow it along with the ghost side of things in the next segment. The first person that I am going to talk about that was buried here was a man named John Heinel, and he died in 1920. What is very unique about this story, and actually it is very sad to me, is that he owned a bulldog that he named Stiffy Green. It was named Stiffy Green because it had like kind of a, a stiff like walk because it was a bulldog and it had bright green eyes. And apparently when his owner was buried here in the mausoleum, this dog just straight up refused to leave. Oh, that's so sad. It was so sad, I guess. And in fact, you know, people would bring the dog food and water. Apparently, the dog was even adopted to another family at some point. People were trying to rescue this dog, and it just kept escaping and going to the cemetery and would be found at its owner's grave. Eventually, the story goes that this dog just kind of stopped eating and drinking. And I know I said the story goes, but this is really facts, okay? Like, this dog mm -hmm. really did do this. Eventually, they found the dog dead on the owner's tomb next to the mausoleum. And the town kind of put together a fund to have the dog stuffed. So it had a local taxidermist go ahead and stuff poor little Stiffy. I don't know about that. He's really Stiffy now. Gosh, poor, poor Stiffy Green. Oh my God, Lindsay, that's dark. <laughs> it is dark, but I mean, woo. Maybe but it's like true. a cute little memorial or something for him rather than 
you know, but go ahead, Lisa, keep talking. Sorry. (laughs) They had the taxidermist do this whole ordeal and then place his body in the tomb with his owner as that would only be fitting. So Stiffy Green wasn't put out on display. He was, he was, you know, he was put to rest next to the owner's body as well, which I think that is nice. But it was in a mausoleum. So with some mausoleums, you have to keep in mind you can there might be like a little window or something like that. So it doesn't mean people couldn't necessarily see it. It wasn't like your standard just gravestone body buried under the ground situation. So it was placed in the mausoleum. People could still see it. There was apparently some, you know, riffraff going on in the cemetery And they decided to remove the original Stiffy Green, still in existence, at the Vigo County Historic Museum. You can go see Stiffy Green to this day. It's actually like a big thing in Terre Haute, Indiana. Oh my gosh. And they have replaced it with now more of what you had suggested, kind of a memorial-like statue of this bulldog. They need to put Stiffy Green in the mausoleum with his owner, and just let them rest there together, locked up. I'm like adamant about this. You need to remove this poor thing from the from the museum. <laughs> Lindsay, he belongs with his owner. That's where Stiffy Green would want to be. I honestly was not expecting that reaction because I didn't even think that way at all. But now that you say that, I'm like, yeah. Why is that dog in the museum and not in the tomb with its he was, owner. That's where he wanted to be. He was loyal till the end. I mean, let's put him back there, folks. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. But we will come back to Stiffy Green a little bit later in this program. Okay. The next person I'm going to talk about was a man named Charlie Herbert. He was 19 years old, and this is also a sad story, as is, you know, anybody dying but this one in particular because this guy was actually really heroic he was young he was employed playing the santa claus at the local mall so it was around christmas time and apparently just a horrible fire broke out in this town in the store where he was working and he sacrificed his life to save kids and co-workers And ended up passing away in the fire. And only like a few of his bones were actually recovered from the blaze. And those were placed in the family tomb, which is here at this cemetery today. But somebody to be remembered, you know, for what they did to help protect their fellow citizens in that town. And how long ago did that happen? That fire? That was in 1898. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was quite a long time ago. But wow, he sounds like a hero. That's amazing. Absolutely. The other interesting gravestones that you're going to want to look for at this cemetery were three gypsies that were actually murdered in this town. And this actually occurred in 1914. There was a gypsy named Dimitro John. And he, for whatever reason, we don't really know why, ended up shooting and killing his father-in-law, brother-in-law, and wife. It was a triple homicide. This was a big deal in the town, a big deal to the gypsy community. The funeral that took place there was quite large. There was a lot of ceremonies that took place around these particular graves. But you are not going to believe what happened to this Dimitro guy, the murderer. So he was convicted 
of mm-hmm. triple homicide, sentenced to prison, he served three years and then got pardoned by the governor of Indiana. Why? Why on earth would they pardon this this guy? What? What? Did they give a reason? I don't know. But the only thing I could think of, there must be something to it, like maybe some evidence that exonerated him or maybe something. But I did not see anything like that. Right. We don't have all the facts. So I just I don't want to jump to conclusions. But you, you think if somebody gets pardoned after three years after a triple homicide, the maybe some new evidence came to light or maybe, you know, maybe they were exonerated. But gosh, we'd have to look into that. We'd have to dig in. For sure. But again, this was 1914, so I feel like anything like goes back then almost. But Right, right. Who knows? The most interesting story of a grave site here is a man named Martin Sheets, and he was buried here in 1910. Martin had an absolute terrifying fear of being buried alive so he took a bunch of little steps before he died to make sure that if he was buried alive that there was going to be a way for him to get out of that easily he paid a lot of extra money to one build a large family mausoleum so it was something that could be walked into of course it's locked after somebody's put in there but it's not like you're actually physically under the ground. So that was one thing that he did. The next thing that he did is he made a custom casket where the hinges would open from the inside. Now I hear this and here's the question. Why cannot all caskets be opened from the inside? I would think that would be like a typical thing that you would want to do just in case. Well, I mean, I think nowadays we don't really have that issue, at least in the United States, right? Like most people before they're buried are embalmed. So, I mean, they're definitely dead when they're going down um, underground. But the other thing is, I mean, medical technology has gotten so much better. You know, people are not going to be buried alive like they used to be. You know, we talked about uh, cemeteries, you know, where the saying dead ringer came from. You know, folks that had yellow fever looked very dead. They buried them. And they set bells up in their casket so they could ring the bell if they were to all of a sudden be alive, right? So something like this would have been great back then. But what what year did this guy do all of this? He passed away in 1910. Totally could have dealt with some of those things. But also, I get what you're saying, that it's probably not needed anymore. But like, what is the purpose of building a casket that cannot be opened from the inside? I mean... Maybe you can usually. I don't know. This is weird. I This is something I've never considered. I've never laid in a casket and tried to open it up. Okay, so he spent a lot of money doing these things. But the last thing that he did is the most odd. Is he actually built a phone to be put into his mausoleum. And he paid the phone company a ton of money to keep that phone active for several years after he died. And like they put in the lines and everything. So it was supposedly like a working phone back in 1910 in this mausoleum. That's kind of cool. So you bring the telecom company out, you have them install the cables and everything. That's interesting. I wonder how difficult it would have been you know, like bury that cable out there in that cemetery. <laughs> I mean, that's where my mind goes. Although maybe it was like an aerial line. I don't know. I don't Curious. know. Curious how they managed that one. 
This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. So let's talk about some of the infamous hauntings of this location. And most of them are very, very specific, okay? Now, some of the more generalized things to know about this place is the people that work there say that when there's maintenance being done or some sort of, you know, overhaul done to the property, like renovations, that they tend to see a bit of a spike in activity. Now, people that go here sometimes also hear just random whispering, laughing, crying. So just kind of all kinds of different noises that you may hear around you. And in the dark, I mean, that would be quite scary, I would imagine. Yeah, no doubt. Especially in a cemetery, right? Imagine, you know, I feel like cemetery is where a lot of like teenagers go at night saying, oh, it's haunted, let's go. And can you imagine hearing weird you know talking that you can't explain it'd be kind of freaky it would definitely be freaky but what what other noise do you think might be heard at this cemetery Lindsay? maybe the phone ringing Ooh, that is a good guess but that is not correct the other major noise that you need to listen for here Lindsay, is barking oh duh i forgot about stiffy green Yes, Stiffy Green, who is now a stuffed taxidermy dog, unfortunately, he is haunting this place. And in fact, they say that just a few days after his body was placed in the tomb with its owner, people saw Stiffy Green and the owner playing around the headstones in the cemetery. Oh, I love that. They were seen regularly playing together, so they've been reunited. People still see this happen to this day. They also say that his owner, John, smoked a pipe a lot. So if you're around that particular tomb, you may smell the the scent of tobacco from his pipe. But also, of course, you want to listen for this dog barking. People say they hear unexplainable dog barking all the time in particular a lot of times it's actually coming from within the tomb itself 
Hmm. That's so interesting. I love that Sophie Green is still there haunting the place. I love that they're reunited. I mean, we enjoy a good animal haunting just in general because, you know, we've had our own experiences with this. And absolutely, I believe that Sophie, it makes a lot of sense that he's still there. Absolutely. I'm just, I wanted to throw this out there because it's, it's like a positive story. I'm not going to end the episode with a positive story. We'll, we'll start the ghost stories with the positive one. But I love that there has been a reunion that is still taking place to this day at this this cemetery. It is a very neat story. Some of the other ghosts that you want to look for is the gypsies. So apparently those three gypsies that were murdered there in 1914, people will see, you know, apparitions of gypsies walking around the cemetery, in particular around the site where their actual gravestones are. The other thing that you want to look for is, remember we talked about that 19-year-old hero who saved people in the fire, Charlie Herbert? If you go to his family's mausoleum, a lot of times people actually see balls of light around that grave. And they think it could be Charlie Herbert giving a sign that he is there. But I also think back to like, he died in a fire. Like, isn't it interesting that there's balls of light surrounding that? It probably has nothing to do with it, but that's what I think about. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, some sort of energy there, whether it's him or not. It could just be some sort of energy that's in the in the you know graveyard just in general. Right? Yeah. But definitely interesting. Definitely. Okay, so the final story I'm going to give you is about that guy who was just absolutely terrified of being buried alive. So, you know, as far as we know, he was not buried alive. So I'll start out with that. However, several years later, his wife is found in their home, passed away, and they believe she probably died of a stroke. But she was clutching the telephone when her body was found, okay? And apparently she was clutching the telephone so tightly that the workers who discovered her body that, you know, had to take it to the morgue or whatever, had a hard time even, like, removing her grip from around this telephone. And maybe that was rigor mortis. Maybe it was just how tightly she was grasping it. But... They're in a mausoleum, right? And it's a family mausoleum. So she passes away. People think, okay, she was holding the phone. They don't really think much about that, right? They have the family funeral for her. They open the mausoleum to put her body inside with her husband. And the phone is off the hook. Ooh. I love that story. I wonder if he called her. Okay, so this is my theory. (laughs) It's far-fetched, folks. It's far-fetched. Let me put the disclaimer out there, but this is my first feeling about this story since it's new to me. He called her and said, hey, you're coming on over to the other side. And then boom, he gave her her the heads up. Maybe. So you think he called her in the afterlife and like picked up his own phone in his mausoleum i don't know i mean maybe right or maybe somebody messed with the phone right that's the more likely scenario is that somebody got in there 
or maybe over time it fell down. You know, sometimes you don't hear the whole story. We hear pieces of the story and there's some sort of reasonable explanation behind what happened. And that's the more likely scenario. What I think would be really cool would be that he did something like that, right? He, he gave her a phone call before she passed away. That would be cool. That would be cool. And I honestly, I didn't even think of it like that. You know, it'd be awful is what if it was like an actual person that went in there to play a prank and they went into the mausoleum and called the wife and scared her to death well think about this back in that time they didn't have caller id oh that's but true she wouldn't be saying oh my gosh this is the mausoleum calling that's she would have true. no idea that's a fact. That's a really good point, Lindsay, because technically somebody <laughs> could play that prank from any phone back in the early yes. 1900s. Right. She would, I mean, unless they could do a great impression of her late husband. I mean, it would True. have to be him on the other end, right? Yep. So if she did die of fright or had a stroke, maybe it was something paranormal. Right. What if she picked up the phone and she heard, hey, honey, it's me. And then she just died out of total shock <laughs> something like that i mean probably not but that, who knows that's one of the prevalent theories Lindsay. terry hote indiana is right next to the illinois Border. So it's close to a lot of things. It is in the same area as Indiana State University. So, I mean, there's there's access to a lot of places. Chicago's not that far from there. A lot of places within Indiana. This place is very accessible. Now, the cemetery itself is like a public city-owned cemetery. You can go, you can get a map that is going to highlight different areas and points of interest. And in fact, I think all of the grave sites that we discussed today are likely going to be on that map because these are some of the, the more famous stories um, that occur here. And if you even look up this cemetery online, you can even find kind of a virtual tour of some of their scariest grave sites. So if you want to even see what it looks like virtually, maybe you don't live near here, you're not headed this way, there is a way to be able to kind of take a virtual tour of what this looks like today, which is kind of cool. But if you just happen to be going here, there is no admission. It's a free place to go. You can get a good walk, hit these sites, look for some ghosts, maybe go in a little bit later and try to spot something interesting. Oh, that's great. I, I think a free place to go is exactly what our listeners want. I mean, with COVID and all of this stuff going on, you know, maybe a virtual tour would be good too. So who knows? But wouldn't it be fun to, to go in and be able to, you know, maybe hear a dog bark or, or something like that in person? Speaking of dogs, Lindsay, we cannot forget Mr. Stiffy Green, the bulldog. And remember, his poor body, taxidermied body, has been moved away from its owner and is now in a county museum. It's the Vigo County Historic Museum. And it, like I said, it is actually considered like one of the biggest, bigger attractions in Terry Haute. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in fact, when I was looking up like 
things to do in Terry Haute to provide our listeners. Going to see Stiffy Green's body at this museum is like one of the things that you can go do. And I gotta say, like, considering this happened in like the ni- early 1900s, like, I think he's looking okay. But I mean, he's looking a little rough around the edges. Got it. But the taxidermy sounds like they did a decent job, but he's been moved around a bit, literally. So true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one of these days, Stiffy will be reunited. With, yes with his owner <laughs> so Although it sounds like he's he's in spirit he's reunited he probably could care less about his body sitting over in that museum but i mean i don't know totally i i i doubt that they care very much at least this one probably doesn't now if you want to take the whole tour you can go to the cemetery and then head on over to this museum the fee here is extremely reasonable they take donations it looks like it is a very small museum children to get in are four dollars each and adults are seven. Oh yeah that i mean gosh go support the local museum and, and go check out stiffy green well this cemetery sounds pretty cool i love that there's such interesting stories you know i really think maybe we need to cover some more cemeteries because there's a lot of really interesting stories about some of these older cemeteries around the country i'm actually going to be visiting one here in atlanta oakland cemetery sometime around Halloween, um, which I'm very excited about. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely be having another cemetery episode out there for you guys. But if you're in the area, definitely stop by and let us know if you've had any, you know, interesting experiences out there. Go to yourhauntedholiday.com, hit contact us and shoot us an email if you've happened to be out there, if you've seen Stiffy Green, if you've had any experiences, or even if you've just visited the cemetery, let us know. Send us your recommendations for episodes, your ghost stories, all of that good stuff. And make sure to leave us a five-star review if you're enjoying the show. Have a great week and thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.